you have to want success. Like you have to want not only to be a good attorney, because that's what all attorneys, right? That's like the bottom of the barrel. Like you want to be a really good practitioner. You have to want monetary success. And that's harder for attorneys because we've been taught by people like law professors and the bar, especially the bar, that the highest calling we have is to give away our time for free, right? You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am the host, Steve Fretzen, as the announcer mentioned. Hope you're having a lovely day today. Listen, we, uh, we, you know what the show's about. I know what the show's about. And uh, Marco's here with us. He, I think, knows what the show's about. Hey, Marco, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, for, for being here. We're going to come back to you in a moment. It's you know a show about how to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. We want to talk about that. We want to understand what does it take outside of being a great lawyer, outside of being a great you know, practitioner of the law that there's so much more to building a law practice, to build a law firm. And I've got someone who's at the tip of the spear today and Marco to help us out. Uh, Marco is the founder of Brown Family Law. And also he submitted a really interesting quote, one we've never had on the show, success is my duty, which is Grant Cardone, the famous Grant Cardone. If you're not in sales, you don't know who that is, but we're going to find out about Grant today. So A, welcome to the show and B, Marco, Talk to us about that success is my duty quote. Yeah. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, success is my duty. I think it's really, really distinct way of kind of encapsulating what I have felt for a long time. When I was a kid, my grandmother was a professor and a PhD when women didn't do that sort of thing. My dad had master's degrees. So I was always kind of expected to do well, you know, as the relatively intelligent kids. So I was expected to do well and I expected myself to, and have pushed myself hard. Now that hasn't always meant that I've done well. I've been unsuccessful for long, long periods of time, but you know, I've always wanted that. And when I heard that quote, I just thought, oh my goodness, that says in just a few words, exactly what I felt ever since I was like eight years old. Yeah. And I don't think I really got it. My father used to, you know, when are you going to do better at school? And then my father would be like, when are you going to do better at sports? And, you know, it's just like, I was never kind of good enough. And I think part of that was just, I just, I just really wanted to have fun and just, I was kind of a lighthearted kid. And I, it eventually hit me and I don't know if it was being in a plane crash or it was other things that happened in my life with, with family, sick family and stuff that I just started taking things more seriously. And that doesn't mean that I don't have fun. It just means that I, I, truly care about success. I care about other success, right? My client's success and the people that I come in contact with that they're happy and successful. So I think it is somewhat of a duty, whether it's to ourselves or to others. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm feeling about that quote. Yeah, that's exactly correct. So I would say that if you don't feel that success is your duty, you're selfish, right? Because not only do you need to be successful, you need to then take that success, right? Figure that out. And then teach it to other people so they can be successful. So okay. I, I just not too long ago, at the end of the year, we do bonuses. It's just an example. In my first year, when I started Brown Family Law, it was 2010. I think I made maybe $32,000. 
that year, maybe. And then when yeah. I was at net loss, actually, because I loaned myself all sorts of money. But <laughs> I think I made like $32,000. So the amount of this year, the amount of bonuses I paid out to my team was like, I want to say four times or five times that amount. Yeah. And that to me was absolutely insanely cool. That's just bonus. Right? That's not like overall revenue and the law firm or anything. That's just bonuses to my team. So my desire to be successful really kind of propels me to help others be successful. And if you don't have that, I think you're selfish. You know, yeah. and that might be kind of harsh, but that's the way it is. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect or that we don't make mistakes or that we struggle. I think that's a part of what makes someone successful. If you haven't had any troubles in your life, if you haven't had any bad experiences, well, then you're not probably learning much and you're also not getting to overcome anything, which is what makes successful people the way they are. So talk about your background. And and, and I know that you had some struggles because we had like a phenomenal conversation the first time we spoke to get set up for today. And I'm totally jazzed about what we're going to talk about today. But you, you were, it was not necessarily a perfect situation. And so lead that into, you know, uh, your game changing uh, tipping point today. Sure. So I graduated from law school and I clerked and then I left that job. I was in insurance defense, horrible decision trade. That was not good. It was like a 50, 60 guy shop. I hated everything about it. I hated the work. I, I didn't like the people around me. There were nice enough people, but we just, you know, I, I just don't like structure like that. I'm a terrible employee and the whole bit. So I made it about 18 months. Didn't smile for the last three. I was <laughs> super worried about me. I would get this thing in my in my stomach, in the pit of my stomach at about 7.30 every night. It was horrible feeling. And then I would have that until like four o'clock in the afternoon because I get to work at like seven. So I'd, I'd have that until like four o'clock in the afternoon when it would relieve itself. And then I realized I had to go back to work the next day. Yeah. Ugh. I hate it. So I just left. I didn't have any plan, nothing. I just left a place. And my wife wanted to, to get a doctorate here in Utah. So we came back here. She starts this. It's 2010, middle of the Great Recession. And I decide, hey, it'd be a really swell idea to start the law firm. <laughs> Hang a shingle. Yeah. yeah. And, and no one's hiring because I'm a terrible employee. So I thought, okay, if I'm never going to do this, I'm going to do it now. And I just had to bust my hump and I didn't know anything about what I was doing, but I just went out there and busted my hump and tried really hard for my clients. And I did well by my clients. I didn't do so well by me or my family, but I did well by my clients to the point where I was the 2015 divorce attorney of the year here in Utah as voted on by my peers in the bar, which I thought was amazingly cool. I don't put much stock in those sorts of things, but that was cool because it was a vote and I was the youngest person ever to win it. And it was great. It was euphoric for like a day. And then I realized <laughs> I had all the same problems the day after the award that they had the day before the Yeah. And I thought, well, this, this sucks. So this is leading up to, you know, kind of what changes, right? So I've, this is five years in. I'm, I'm five years into this. I have done well by my clients. I've done well professionally, but I, I'm terrible at business and I'm like fat and my spiritual journey is not good at this point. Emotionally, I'm not doing well. So, you know, after this award, I, I, I'm in the shower and I love showers, but I'm like five minutes into the shower and I start experiencing something I've experienced before, which is this constriction in my chest because I started thinking about cases. So this constriction in my chest, my heart starts to palpitate. 
I feel this thing in the back of my head that is going to, by three o'clock in the afternoon, envelop my entire head, stress headache. I've had this many times. This time was different though, because I was shown my future and my future was I was 60 to 65, couldn't quite tell, but I was in a casket. I was literally at my own funeral. I was dead of a heart attack and my family was there mourning me. I had kids there mourning me that I didn't even have at that point. We only had boy. Yeah. And I, I came out of that and I thought, well, that sucks. I don't want that to happen. So I knew I needed to change literally every Otherwise, I was going to die, quite literally going to die. And at that point, I, I thought, okay, I need to figure out the business of law. I need to figure out the business of what I'm doing. Because if I have a lot more money, then I could spend money to solve problems. If you can write a check to solve a problem, you don't have a problem. So that was the beginning of it. That's the great shall we have in 2015. <laughs> and it's at that point that I like, I, I start trying to figure these things out. I read tons of books. I do everything I possibly can for thousands and thousands of hours. Yeah. Well, and that's really, you know, I think we all at some point or another have that, we call it a be that lawyer tipping point, but everybody has their point where whatever is they're doing isn't working, whatever they whatever path they're on, they're unhappy. And there's obviously widespread in, in not just in, in you know, in, in entrepreneurs and in, in professional services, but in particular in legal. So people at a bad firm, bad culture, bad life, unhappy, having that kind of stress every day. And going out on their own isn't easy. So that led you to really becoming an, a, um, a student of the game, a student of sales, a student of business, a student of how do I run this thing in a way that's going to give me the life that I not only deserve, but that I really want and take away a lot of that pressure. So that's going to be, I mean, a great segue into what we talk about today, because I think a lot of lawyers are struggling with those same things that you had back in the great shower of 2015. So what are you seeing, not necessarily your lawyers, but maybe other lawyers that you interact with in the divorce space or others? I mean, divorce is like, that's the hardest of them all, in my opinion. I mean, that, that's got to be, you know, that's, the, that's a tough one. So what kind of struggles are you seeing other people having that are maybe similar to what you used to have? Yeah, I think the first thing is a little less. I think the first thing is you have to want success. Like you have to want not only to be a good attorney, because that's what all attorneys, right? That's like the bottom of the barrel. Like you want to be a really good practitioner. You have to want monetary success. And that's harder for attorneys because we've been taught by people like law professors and the bar, especially the bar, that the highest calling we have is to give away our time for free, right? And, and we're told this by, you know, these two groups are groups of bureaucrats. So they take our money one, in law schools, they just didn't kids to the tune of, I, I graduated with 160000 So the law professors got paid on my back, right? But they didn't teach me anything about how to, how to make money. And then they made it seem dirty. The lawyers made lots and lots of money, right? Yeah. So that, these are the people that are teaching us early on how to think about success. But you have to want monetary pecuniary success. And then you have to figure out how to do that, right? And that takes extra time. In addition to being a really good lawyer, I have spent tens of thousands of hours at this point trying to figure this out. And I have, at this point, I would say nominal success, right? <laughs> Not that broad. I think, I think you're like, being hum humble, Marco, but that's just my two cents. Man, you, you have to want it and you have to be able to, you have to want it and put it in the time. Not being yeah. able to put it in the time, you have to make it. 
and you're not going to make the time if you don't want it. If you don't, yeah. if you, if you don't, A, want to be successful, if you don't see that, that path in front of you, you're not going to put the time in. And then it's just a cycle of negative behaviors, attitudes, beliefs that, that doesn't end. It's just, it's like a hamster wheel. So our goal with this show and our goal with this conversation is to provide not only the motivation, but also tactical, actionable things that lawyers can do to get out of the hole that they're in, whether that's a negative attitude hole or that's a, a, an actual financial hole like you were in. So let's talk about starting off with, with just some basic stuff of like systems. Like there are things that you've implemented that have made a big difference in how you have been able to run your firm and your practice to make money and help more people. I mean, that's the other thing. When you make more money, you can help more people because you can staff up and you can you know, really, you know, integrate into systems that, that allow you to be more robust in how you run your practice. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the two systems that I've implemented in the last five years that have been better than any others. And I, I try to experiment a lot. If there's anything that I am, it's an experiment. Okay. I'm willing to just do something to see if it, the spaghetti sticks to the wall. And if it does, it's like, oh, great. So the two that have been the most successful the first is we call every client, every attorney calls every client every Friday. Okay. So we do, we do divorce. People need this sort of contact, but no one gives this sort of contact. And the one complaint people have with divorce attorneys and attorneys in general is I call and I can't get a call back or I email and I can't get a call back. So I just thought, how do I fix this problem? And I thought, well, why don't we just call them? Right. So every one of my attorneys calls every client every Friday. So we have an admin day on Fridays. They do that. We meet as a team. We do things, you know, those sorts of things. We do no mediations. We do no hearings on Fridays. Like that's what we do. Like Friday is a sacred day for for that specific task. Yeah. It's that, that. I mean, they do other things. Right, right. right. But that's it's a part of the day. And we only and the way I facilitate this is I cap the number of clients an attorney could have. So we it's between twenty five and thirty. Okay? okay. Which also means that you have to charge collect more. So you can do that. Otherwise you have to have fifty clients or 60 clients or something like that, and you can't possibly call them. So that, that's the first system, and that has been incredibly effective. Like That sets us apart from pretty much every other law firm in the United States. Yeah, agree. So there's that. And then the second is we have a daily sales and closing meeting every morning at 8.30 for 20 minutes. So anybody who wants to interact with potential clients, this is our intake team, and the attorneys who are going to do consultations, they all have to sit in mandatory meeting. They have to sit in there. We go over a sales module and then we, we role play a closing scenario. Okay. And for 10 minutes. So we do 10 and 10. And that right there has increased our closing percentage dramatically. I mean, we, so we close at about an 80 to 85% rate and they're about 20%, I figure there are about 20% of people that we don't ever want to actually serve, whether it's right. a personality conflict or something like that. So we're getting pretty close to 100% of the people that we want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've talked to lots and lots of other attorneys. You know, that's like the top of the top sales and closing guy or gal in a law firm. That is the average for our law firm. All the people yeah. doing it, all the attorneys do it. It is it, that when it comes to revenue, by far the single best thing we've ever done. Millions and millions of dollars. 
Now, I want to congratulate you and then I want to question something. Number one is, you know, the fact that you use the word sales, all right, right off the bat, no one's doing that. And you're, you're, you've got the quijones to do that and say, use that terrible, terrible word called sales, which come on, dandelions and snowflakes, wake up. It's not a big deal. It's service, professionally servicing people doesn't happen without getting clients. That's what sales is. Okay. Number two is the fact that you're actually holding your attorneys accountable to be a part of sales meetings where they talk about it and get instruction and role play and share best practices. That just isn't happening either. So that's my, the, you know, the compliment. The question is why, why aren't other attorneys and law firms doing this? Where, where are you getting it where they're not? And for shame to some degree, right? Cause something's working like this at this level and other attorneys and law firms aren't doing it. You know, yeah, yeah, right. This is an absolute no-brainer to me. Absolute no-brainer. I think, I think, because I don't know anybody else in the United States that does what we do. Literally, there may be a big PI firm somewhere that does stuff like this, but I don't even. I, you know, Glenn Lerner doesn't do this. Like, not. I don't think. Uh, uh, who are the guys from Morgan? Morgan, Morgan, I don't believe. Yeah, this. yeah. I, I just, I think we're the only ones, and I think what it is. That sales is a dirty word, and we've been taught that it's a dirty word. So why would we make everybody engage in dirty words? Right. Yeah. I think that's really, and I tell I tell other attorneys this sort of thing, and they look at me like I'm from Mars. Yeah. And and they they really do judge me for this sort of thing. <laughs> like, you know what? You know what, man? Judge away. Right. When I sit when I'm sitting in my villa in the hills south of Bologna, you can judge me all you want. Right. Right. How's that judgment working and, out for you? Yeah. And when I help tens of thousands of people through divorce, you can judge me. I don't care. Yeah. Did you know that 36% of potential clients would take their business elsewhere if they had a bad call experience? Roll out the red carpet for your callers and website visitors with experience and professional money penny receptionists. Our awesome team, super powered by technology, will get to know your business inside out so they can answer calls and respond to web chats exactly as if part of your team. Start your free trial by quoting the name Fretson and get started today with Moneypenny. With the help of Practice Panther, our office is more efficient than ever. We now provide an even higher level of service to our clients. I've collaborated with Practice Panther for years and I'm always hearing from happy customers just like that one. Practice Panther wants to save you up to eight hours every week and I want to save you money. All my listeners can get an exclusive discount, 50% off your first three months. Learn how your firm can boost productivity with automated workflows, custom intake, and native e-payments by visiting practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to discover more and claim this deal. Legally's marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at legalesemarketing.com. And so I think I think there's a mindset and a, you know, like the name of my company, Marco, just to share with you before before I started working with attorneys was called Sales Results Inc. And it had an arrow going up like that. Okay. I think I don't know if I shared that with you last time we spoke, but like it couldn't have been more targeted for entrepreneurs, like people that actually get that sales is the most important part of the whole thing. You can't service anybody without a client. Okay. When I started working with attorneys, they were like, you know, very kind of like sheepishly coming to me saying, 
you know, you sure about your name? Are you sure about it? And I ended up folding and saying, well, all right, I, if I'm going to work in the space and this is a dirty word for 98 point something percent of the attorneys, I'll change it to just my name and whatever. And then I got the be that lawyer thing going on. All right, fine. But it's, it's sad. It's sad that it, we have to hide from it. I mean, we call, attorneys call it marketing. It's absolutely not marketing. That's a very different activity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Marketing is not the same thing. No. Like marketing is, marketing is leads. Marketing is these sorts of things. Branding is different. That it's well, like, yeah, you can call it, you call it whatever you want, but that, it's not marketing. Like it's selling people. It's, yeah. But here's the thing. We're attorneys. This is all we do is sell, right? We sell our, we sell potential clients to become clients. Then we sell judges on our arguments. We sell other attorneys on our settlement negotiations. We sell mediators on ideas and, you know, settle, again, settlement negotiations. We sell our client. Every time we talk with them, we're selling them to continue being clients. For the love of heaven, we sell our paralegals to continue being our paralegal by the way we treat them, right? Like, it's ridiculous that we think that we are not salespeople. We are salespeople. We, we have an incredibly... But it is a job that is incredibly fulfilling and fun, enjoyable if you do it the right way. But it's a sales job. And I don't understand why we have this kind of, you know, this compunction against using the word. Well, I think it has to do with, you know, something, a point you made earlier about, you know, that it's a noble profession. You know, no one's going to argue that. And the way that they set you up in law school is, you know, you're up here, you know, you're, you're at this level here and everyone else is kind of down here. And sales is down even below that, right? Because you're not a, you're a car salesman or you're a, you know, a door-to-door salesman banging on doors. And, and by the way, I will, I will say there is a definite negative connotation around sales because we've all been sold to, we've all been convinced and, and pitched and, and talked into things that, that were a bad decision. So we, 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 there's a reason why buyers and in general have our, we all, and me too, I have my guard up, right? Because we've all been pushed into things that weren't a good fit or, or it was just the desire of the salesperson, not in our best interest. So there are two sides to it, but, but regardless, it is a very noble business to help solve problems, which is what sales is. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, look, if you're an attorney and you suck at being an attorney or you're an attorney and you sell people stuff they don't, then you should go straight to hell. Okay. <laughs> not that. Like, don't yeah, at that point you're you're I mean, just you're a shyster anyway. Yeah, you're a scumball. Uh, but you'd but, you'd be that in any profession. I mean, in in its worst, maybe yeah. illegal. But you know, it's like a doctor selling you know plastic surgery that's unnecessary or unnecessary, you know, whatever. Just you know. But at the end of the day, look, we all have to kind of come to grips with the fact that business business is the business of law. And we need to make sure that we're doing the right things to service our, our people, but we need to have the people. So let's transition that, Marco, into what you consider to be the three easiest ways for law firms to grow revenue. Maybe that doesn't involve a big investment in pay-per-click or a big investment in you know uh, a video agency or something like that, something they can do without spending any more money. Yeah, exactly. This is, I thought about this. This is zero dollars, zero additional dollars. Okay, so let's talk about this. First is raise your prices. Okay. Almost every attorney I know can raise his or her prices right now significantly and lose zero clients, possibly one percent of your clients. And, and here's the logic. Okay, let's say that you charge two hundred I just make it up a number. So you charge two hundred and twenty-five dollars an hour. It's low, but two hundred and twenty-five dollars an hour. 
the data is such that if you raise your prices to $295 or $299 an hour, you will lose essentially zero clients because you haven't switched from 200 to 300. If you switch from 200 to 300, you're probably going to lose maybe five to 10, which is still going to put you ahead. But if you increase your prices within that $100 range, you're going to lose essentially no one. So just look at where you are and raise your price to whatever 99 or 95. I do 95 because my headlights things divisible by five. So, you know, do that and you can do it tomorrow and you'll make a whole bunch more money. Okay. That's literally the easiest. And let me add to that. If you're listening to this and going, wait a second, I'm charging, you know, 550 an hour. And if I raise it to 750 or 650 or something like that, or, you know, whatever, 650 to 699. You can consider that with existing clients, you can raise it incrementally over time, right? And if you've got a million, $2 million book, that's going to add up, okay, number one. Number two is when you bring on new clients. So right now you're at 425, you could charge you know, 525 with a new client. They don't know that you were 425. They're not talking. You know, it's not like something like, and even if they do talk, so what? You know, That's the value that you are now. You weren't, you're less last year. So there's a number of yeah. different ways to skin that cat. Whatever the case, you, to your point, Marco, there's absolutely no reason not to raise your rates, especially now with the with the uh, inflation. Everyone's expecting it in in any case. Yeah, yeah, they are expecting it. And here's a tip: so you will be freaked out psychologically because you will think to yourself, "I can't raise rates. I have to tell people that, that I'm raising my rates. Right? I have to I have to tell people what my hourly rate is." Here's a tip: don't tell people what your hourly rate is. Okay, when you meet <laughs> with people, because lawyers do this, we tell people. But because we find it important what our hourly rate is, because it's a status symbol. Like I have it, I haven't billed another hour because I, I run the business. I have an hourly rate though that's in the retainer. And my hourly rate just happens to be higher than everybody else in the state because like I'm just messing with my friend. Right. <laughs> but I don't I don't bill it. Yeah. So but but potential clients will almost never ask you what your hourly rate is when you're meeting with. Now they will figure out in the retainer when they see in the retainer, but at that point, you know, they don't really care because they've decided to uh, to hire you and you're cl- you've already closed them. So just don't mention it. Hmm. That's it. That's not that's that's not a lot of people doing that. By the way, I even that even goes a little bit against what what you know I kind of teach. But but I but I get what you're saying that you know if you but if I'm expecting you know a lawyer to be four hundred and then you hit me at a thousand and I get the and I get the agreement, I'm going to freak out. So I think people have to at least be within, you know, on earth with their rates for it, for that to kind of system to go over. Yeah. Now, now what I, what the number you will tell people is your retainer, because that's the okay. number that people really care about. Okay. So we go with the retainer amount every okay. time. But when it comes to the hourly, one out of every 20 people ask. Very interesting. And, but they read it all. Like we're not, we're not being deceptive with it. They, they see right. it in the, in the retainer, but it just doesn't come point, up. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's the that's the first one. Raise prices. Second is raise your collection rate. So, you know, I talk I talk a lot about this. I have a CLE on this. I give people, you know, retainers that help facilitate this. But if you can increase your collections from say 60% to 95%, or from where I was in the beginning, which is like 50% to 98%, which is where we kind of hang now, your life changes. Like your life changes dramatically, right? Like your life is so much better and your firm is so much higher quality if you can do that. And it costs $0 
to increase your collections. Now there are rules. I have I have a, the CLU presentation. I give seven rules for doing this, but none of them require any more money. With the ex- with a possible possible exception of you need to make somebody head of collections. But almost everybody has that person in their law firm right now. You just need to tell that person this is what you're doing. This is your number one job. But yeah, it doesn't cost any any more money. You just have to put the systems. But let's stop there for just a second. Is there one part of that system or one thing that you can share that, because you're making it sound like it's it's super easy and anybody can do it, and that may be the case, but what's what's one part of that 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 makes it so easy to collect where right now someone's sitting out there with 200,000 sitting out there and then they just, they can't seem to get their hands on it? I would think out of all of them, it's to have money and trust and always have money and trust. Okay. And, and there's, so uh, I'll kind of combine two rules. So always have money and trust and stop work when there's not money and trust. Right? <laughs> it's amazing how fast it comes so, in when you stop the work. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Usually with what we've thought is within 24 to 48 hours, they tell us, well, we, I can't pay you. Well, you're going to, and we're going to stop until then. And then they magically pay. Yeah. So yeah, those are, those are the two. And I offer this to people and I'll offer this here. When you do this, you have to have what's called an evergreen retainer, right? So it's evergreen. Like you always have money and trust. Yeah. And if somebody wants a copy of that, they can contact me and I will send them our evergreen retainer. Okay. Wow. That's very generous. And again, that's for some people, that's, that's the promised land to be able to, to get their AR down. Um, I found for me, it's just having it built into my agreement that, you know, ACH and credit card is just, it's just automatically debited. And so my collections are almost zero because everything's just automated at this point. And that's, you know, from, I, I mean, I'm not chasing after anybody, which I love. I, I hate going after like, Hey, where's, you know, your 90 days on this or your six months on that. Yep. Then, then what's the third, the third piece of this of this uh, uh, kind of like ways to grow business without without investing? Yeah. So the third is up your closing percentage. Okay. Okay. So one, you have to know what your closing percentage is, and I maybe one out of fifty attorneys I ever talked to know that know what that number is. So you have to know what your closing percentage is, and then you have to increase. Okay. Now. Here's the thing. You don't want it to go to 100% because 100% means you are not charging enough or you're just taking every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes in the door and that's not that's not good either, right? You probably want a closing percentage closer to like 80%, 85%, okay? If you're really, really high end, like you're at the top of the top of the market, probably 50%, right? But if you're dealing with people like me, I like to deal with middle class people and upper middle class people. We have rich people too. But I like to deal with, you know, kind of more normal people a lot of times. If that's the case, probably 80 to 85%. Now, here's the thing. You can certainly spend tens of thousands of dollars on sales trainings. And I've done that. You know, I've gone to Grant Cardone sales trainings. I've done these things. I've spent thousands of hours doing this. But you can go to YouTube. You can... Get it on there and find very, very effective sales trainers. Uh, Grant Cardone has tons of free content on specifically sales. Do it, role play everything. Alex Ramosi has things on there. That, you know, and there are a whole bunch. You know, I think, I think Sir Hans there has these things on there as well. But you can get an amazing education on how to sell and close people, specifically close people, on YouTube for free. You just have to go and make the time and do the work. Well, let me add that uh, one thing I've been doing on this show is these Be That Lawyer Live 
events. If you go back the last week, I did two where I'm bringing on the top lawyer sales coaches from around the country, around the world to answer your toughest business development, marketing, branding, whatever questions. So it's free. There's no cost to this podcast. There's no cost to to listening to there. I have a YouTube channel like Grant. It's probably better than Grant's. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, Fretz, you know, if you go to, to Steve Fretzen on YouTube, so lots of free stuff. And I think to, that's a great starting point. And for many attorneys, that's going to be the way to go. For others, I think they're going to need like you to actually work with someone where there's accountability, where there's structure, where there's systems, maybe even something specific to lawyers, hint, hint, fretzen.com for more information about that, everybody. But I get what you're saying, Grant. You've got to become a student of the game, whether that's through a direct coach, a mentor, a uh, YouTube books, whatever that it, you just can't let it sit and just wing it and just figure it out through trial and error. That 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 sometimes works, but guess what? It also can lead to to some some disastrous results. Yeah, look, no one does that. You want to go win the Super Bowl? No one does that by accident. No one just says, you know what I'm going to do to win the Super Bowl? I'm going to play a whole bunch of games. No, nope. yeah, they spend tremendous amounts of hours prepping for this sort. Of and that's what you have to do if you want to be really, really good at closing. Have to figure this stuff out. And what I would say is, what you're saying is completely and totally correct. You want to get real high level, you're going to spend cash and you're going to spend a lot of it and it's going to be totally worth it. But if you start where you are, which is you're, you suck at closing and you spend any amount of time figuring stuff out, going to YouTube, doing this stuff for free, you're probably going to go up 15 to 25% in your closing percentage, right? Like yeah. just, just by trying. Right. And, and then you want to get, you want to get super high level, spend the cash. Right on. Right on. I had a guy today I met for lunch and he, you know, after talking with me, he's like, uh, he's like, are you six figures like to work with you? And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. For, I mean, what a great compliment that I'm six. And I wish I, yes, maybe someday, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm an easy, I'm an easy hire, but, and I'm not cheap, but like I'm not six figures. So that's a good thing. Um, Grant or uh, Marco, thank you so much. And I was actually going to say Grant. So Grant is like your guy. So Grant Cardone, your game-changing book is the Closer Survival Guide. And talk for you know thirty seconds about why that book is has been special to you. Yeah. So this, more than any other business book, has changed uh, my life. Uh, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey is the one I get out the most. That's changed okay. my personal uh, my personal finance life, but my business life has been the Closer Survival. So the first half of this is Grant Cardone talking about the theory of closing and, clo- and, and sales and closing are different. Sales is the idea that you get somebody to want to hire you and that's an emotional process. Okay. And a lot of attorneys are very good at that. Okay. But closing is when you actually get, get people to give you money in exchange for what you're going to do. And that is a logical process that you do by straight will of logic. Okay. And that means that you have to drill and rehearse it and understand it, and you have to come up with specific scenarios and specific objections and how to overcome those objections. So the first half of the book is talking about the theory of closing, and the second half of the book is like 125 closes, okay? So they say, well, I need to think about it. There's like seven ways to deal with that, or I don't have enough money. There's like 15 ways to deal with yeah. that, right? Because we hear that one all the time. So it, it's very specific and what I did is I took that. I've read it 24 times. Uh, I was talking about this with my team this morning. The first about 12 times I read it, I just did not get it. It didn't click, right? But I knew it was important. So I kept reading and reading it. And then, you know, it started to click. And what I did is I sat down and I wrote out every objection I've ever heard as a divorce attorney. 
And I came up with the specific closes to be able to overcome those objections. And then I wrote a book, which is Closes for Divorce Attorneys. Oh. <laughs> and, it, and it's an internal book that we use when we, uh, when we role play, we role play out of that book, right? So it's, these are all the objections that sound you overcome them and you don't stop. Like if you are convinced that th this person needs to work with us because we're the best person to help them, you don't stop until they close, right? Like this is how we do it. Yeah. Well, it's obviously working if you've got the, the super high close rate. Um, I would say my philosophy just to kind of, just kind of throw my two cents in is, uh, my first book is called sales free selling. And the reason that it's called that is because what I'm trying to do is walk someone through a buying decision to see that there's a fit and then all that. And my whole philosophy is the less we talk, the less objections happen. If I tell you that I'm a hundred thousand, you've got an objection. That's too much money. All right. But if it never comes up, and I guess you kind of said that with your not talking about rates, right? If it never comes up, then where's the objection? So if, if I get a, a lawyer talking about his or her problems, talk about their commitment to change, talk about motivation to change and, and learn more about them and about their reasoning by doing something makes the whole experience about them, not about me. And I find that I have almost no objections to handle. And I'm teaching lawyers to do this so that they, and yes, objections happen, but if they happen less because someone's talking themselves into it, first off, emotionally, and second of all, logically, which you hit both points, Marco, then I find that, that it just feels better. And I think what most lawyers, one of the reasons lawyers are so unhappy about sales and selling is because they don't want to deal with having objections. They don't like the rejection that can occur. They don't like a lot of the elements of it. So by giving them a softer, more nurturing version of that, that they can do and, and follow a system and a process. So that's that's kind of what I've been yeah. teaching lawyers. But I think there's a there's a fine line between what I'm teaching and what you're teaching and 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 there's there's a middle ground there. But I think you got to go with what works for you, whatever that might be. Yeah, that's exactly correct. So I'm a different I'm a different sort of guy. I, I have no problem being like super direct about this yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's kind of how I, I, I live out loud. I, I'm okay with these sorts of things. I tell people before I hire anybody, I tell them what my politics are because I just don't want there to be any misunderstandings that yeah. that's going to go on. Cool. Like that's me, right? And that's off-putting to some people, but most what I found is that the more and more I do that in my life, the better my life is and the more people tend to like me and the more I tend to like people. So I'm, right. I'm much more upfront about it and totally cool. Right. If that's not you, then figure out something that works for you. Yeah, that's all right. Like, great. Yeah. Every, every, you know, different, you know, way, shape and size, uh, you've just got to figure it out. And, and, uh, and if you do, and when you do, God, everything, everything that you, that you want out of your career, out of your life, out of your future and, you know, where you want to, you know, have a summer home in, in Europe, you know, it all can come, come in, into form. Um, Marco, before we get to wrap things up, I just want to take a moment to thank our, our wonderful sponsors. We've got Money Penny helping on the live reception and, and online reception. Um, so you can, you know, ditch your receptionist if you want or, or get out of the phone trees. We've got Legalese helping you offload your uh, marketing to a CMO service that can basically take it over. And of course, Practice Panther is helping you get organized and automated with how you run your actual firm and, and get out those bills and make sure your collections are limited and, and track everything. Um, so they're the best. Um, Marco, thanks so much, man. I want to keep in touch with you. I want to figure out ways to work together because you're you're a diamond in the rough, my friend. I mean, you're 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 one of a kind. And I think people listening to this are hearing a very different uh, conversation than maybe some of the other ones they've that they've heard on this show. So, man, just thank you so much. 
Yeah, no, not a problem. And just for the, I, I just want to speak to those people that are listening to this thinking, oh my goodness, this guy is just all about <laughs> one. Yes. But no, honestly, look, I do what I do, do it the way I do it because I want to help my family and secure their wealth. And I want to help my team and secure their wealth for them and their family. And so we can help tens of thousands of people going through the divorce. Because if we aren't skilled at what we do, we can't sell and we can't provide an exceptional service. We can't help anybody at all. That is my duty to people. That's why I do the things the way I do things. Well, and guess what? You found things that work. And if they work to make money, if they work to help more people, if they work to have you live a better life where you're not in the shower with some terrible, you know, headache and chest pains, well, guess what? You found the, you know, you found the right direction. So most people would would, you know, would die, not die, would but would love to have, you know, that experience without, you know, without the shower or a plane crash or whatever we're talking about is like a a changing moment. But Sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it takes some something, you know, outside of ourselves to to wake us up from the from the kind of the hub, you know, the humdrum that we're in. But I, again, I just appreciate you so much, man. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. And um, remember, everybody, this show is is for you. This is to help you be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. So be safe, be well, take care, and take heed. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.